Hello and welcome to the Two Wise Men Review. Yes, welcome to, to another episode. Epi- here, here we are again. Episode 5. And uh, there, there have been uh, mixed mixed reviews about episode 4. Some some calling it a triumph. Um, others not. Who are these others? Uh, well, the, the others. Do you remember the, uh, the, the band that were on the coattails of the Libertines? Uh, fronted by, I think his name was Dominic Masters. Dominic Masters, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he's been critical of our podcast, I think. He's furious about it. Yeah, he said he said we didn't give away our mobile number often enough. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah. I don't, he, that, he basically was just furious that there wasn't enough libertines involved. Yeah, oh, there's an obscure others joke for you. Um, but what I I I liked episode four, Jim. But what it lacked um, in many ways was a link. Now, uh, what what episode five has? If nothing else, is perhaps too many links. Uh, well, if, if I remember correctly, we got two links in in episode three. Therefore, we 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 were free to just you know run wild in episode four. So we we okay. still got our one link, one podcast ratio spot on, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Well, I think I'm gonna blow I'm gonna blow your mind this week. Uh, you, well, I'll, I'll be the judge of that. Well, you may have uh, witnessed the uh, the tennis today with uh, Andrew Murray um, being victorious in the tennis? I'm not going to lie to you. I, I had the scores coming up on the corner of my screen at work. Yeah, and my, my class didn't mind me having it on the big screen for us all to watch. Oh, well. Yeah, um, yeah. Call me, call me old-fashioned, but that's the way I like to educate. <laughs> uh, well, today's, uh, today's band, Jim, are simply called Tennis. Um, they're a husband and wife duo, uh, and I, I'd like to, you know, I'll see what you think of them. And the comedian, oh, sorry, is the wife called Annette? Oh dear, the tennis joke. Yeah, and the uh, the yeah the smashing comedian Very is uh, Andrew O'Neill. Uh, so another Andy. So there, there you go. There's your link. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, that's it. Turn it off now, because clearly, clearly, all the people who listen to this care about the links. I know. I just so. the, the the chat the chat rooms are buzzing with uh, anticipation about the links. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Uh, well, well, I'm sure they'll be very pleased. I'm very pleased with with the podcast so far. Okay, I mean it puts a lot of pressure on. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, don't feel under pressure at all. I mean, you know, basically I spent half an hour before this uh, recording having a look for a comedian, and the best I could find was this chap who I'd seen before at one of the comedy clubs called Hal Crattenden. Yes. And he's he's actually been on on Michael McIntyre's comedy roadshow, so you know, pretty much I've written him off already. 
Yeah. Oh, you never see Michael McIntyre and Deco in the same room. <laughs> um, That's true. Uh, right, so shall we... Oh, oh, what I was going to say, an, oh. an exclusive to, to you and to the listener. Oh, what? Um, well, this is episode five, and, you know, so far so good on episode five. I think it's, I think it's a, a corker. But I'm ep- alive. But episode six, Jim, I suggest will be recorded on the road. Oh. In, a, in a bit of a Jack Kerouac-inspired special, where me and you hit the road on uh, on Saturday. Yes, uh, we are hitting the road. Yeah, I think it could be a it could be a Robert Llewellyn-esque uh, adventure where we record two wise men review on the road. Brilliant! You bring your laptop. I'll bring the typewriter. Yeah, a la, a la rue. Is that what the French would say? Danny Larue. Uh, oh, that, sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, without further ado, um, would you like to hear a bit of tennis? Uh, yeah. Okay, so that was uh, by Tennis, and it was called Longboat Pass. 
Oh, that was lovely. Yeah, thank you. Um, what a lovely voice she has as well. Brilliant. Yeah, there are. Uh, there's just two of them in the band. They're husband and wife, and they. Um, the story goes that because they realised they'd both grown up in a really landlocked part of America, they decided to save up their money and go to the coast, basically, and cruise round the coast of. I think it's the East Coast. Apologies for the sketchy info. Um, I'll be East or West. So you've got fifty-fifty chance. Yeah, we'll say East. And uh, but she decided that rather than just let these experiences go, she wanted to write a song all about what she learned about him and what he learned about her during. So in a in a very vague way, it's kind of a concept album about these like six weeks of their lives. And uh, yeah, I um. So what what did you think? I, I really liked it. Um, it was. Uh, I'm interested by how the name tennis has come into this. Though, is there any any kind of word on that, or is it just uh, left to hang there? No, there is, but uh, it's well. It. Uh, <laughs> I, I think as as anecdotes go, it's a bit of a cul-de-sac. But apparently, uh, <laughs> apparently. Um, she made fun of him once when he wanted to play tennis because she laughed at what a, how much of a kind of middle-class game it was. And so right. between them, the word tennis became a kind of in-joke about pretentiousness, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. This is what you get when it's husband and wife, wife behind his feet. Oh, I know, I know. Um, it's a whole other world of, of in-jokes and, yeah. Yeah. Old uggery. Exactly. Um, yeah. But... but I mean, I, I didn't realise that uh, there'd be such a story behind it. It's almost big, big poet-esque in itself, isn't it, really? Yeah, and uh, well, it has quite a quite a significance for me because uh, a few weeks ago I met up with uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, Simon the Face Ward, mm. and uh, we he kindly took me round um, <laughs> Rough Trade East, um, very, very well, very trendy. Oh, but, I'm aware of it. But just absolutely wonderful record shop. We were in there for about an hour and a half. And they had and they have a kind of listening post for bands who are I don't know if they're signed. If they're signed it's it's basically to you know, a tiny tiny label. Um but Rough Trade just has this whole wall full of listening posts and I I was just stood there for ages listening to this album and then I made the mistake of saying to Simon, oh, wow, you've got to listen to this. And then he stood there for ages listening to the same album. So uh, we, we wasted... You watch thinking, right, come on. Yeah, we wasted a good couple of hours uh, in there that day. But uh, it was just, it was a wonderful day because it's a real experience going around Rough Trade East. Yeah, I, I, well, the closest I got was standing in a queue about, I don't know, two streets away, waiting for... Um, be given that Radiohead free newspaper. Ah, right. Given out in my lunch break. Yes. Uh, one day, and uh, in the end, lunch break was kind of running over. I thought, well, still a couple of corners away from the shop. I'll, I'll suck it in and go back to work. So I, I never actually got to the shop. <laughs> right. Oh well, you should. We should definitely go. We should go on a mission. Oh well, well, we'll do it. We'll do it. So I've kind of, I've kind of been in spirit, but not actually in person. <laughs> Oh, so you're one up on me there, but you yeah. Know. Well, that's good enough for me. It but, sounds amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. I should have waited a little bit longer in the queue. You you know what it's like if uh, I, I mean I I'm totally out of place in a place like that. But of course it was designed for someone like Simon. So uh, just basking in his reflected glory, 
surrounded oh. by your your sort of your, your hipsters and your scenesters and your uh, you know wastrels and vagabonds. Um, yeah. You know that, that sounds like Simon. Yeah, uh, yeah. So a pleasant memory for myself. The, the second little treat I've got for you is uh, a comic called Andrew O'Neill. Um, and I'm going to play a clip from him at the Chortle uh, Fringe. Um, and what you might need to... Well, he explains, but he is a heterosexual transvestite goth who indulges in a bit of black magic. Hang on a minute, I need some time to digest that. Okay. Well, while, while you're digesting, I'll press play and we'll listen to Andrew O'Neill. People in glass houses shouldn't A. Throw stones B. Masturbate by torchlight <laughs> C. Complain about the greenhouse effects D. Pass up the opportunity to grow tomatoes. E. Pick a fight with a pebble basher. F. Sing loudly in the exact pitch that the glass house resonates. G. Fill up the glass house with seawater and attempt to live with a great white shark in order to prove that man and shark can happily cohabit. And H. Sellotape crumbs to the inside of the glass house as a trap for birds. So good evening. Uh, hello, nice to be here. This side of the room makes a noise. This side of the room trying to beat them in terms of volume. Come on, you're better than them. You're better than them. That's how racism starts. So good evening. Uh, it's nice to be here. Now, there comes a point when you're at jockey school uh, when you're forced to make a decision between horses or records. Now, uh, it's quite a big day in the school. You, uh, you get a lot of guidance from the staff. The, uh, the smaller kids, they push more towards the horses. Uh, and that's why we have so many fat DJs. <laughs> so, good evening. Now, uh, I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they're changing the day they take recycling. So, um, it's nice to be here. I've had a brilliant year so far this year. Uh, I've put several plans into operation this year. My, uh, my first plan for 2010 was to reclaim the phrase I'm not being racist, right? But uh, from all the racists who answer you, because essentially the phrase I'm not being racist, right? But basically means I'm about to be racist. Please keep any objections to yourself. So I've started using that phrase in situations that have no racial context. I'm not being racist, right? But it's just a trait already. It's brilliant, yeah, it really puts people on the back foot. They, uh, they assume you're going to be racist. <laughs> oh, here we go.
one of my plans. I'll start going, going into bars. You know when you go to work and have a Coke and they go to Pepsi, is that all right? I'll start going, no. <laughs> You've lost my business. I'm not about dramatically. I've started touching things with barge pumps. <laughs> Just to give that phrase a bit more meaning, you know. I wouldn't touch it with a barge pump. Really? You touch a lot of things with barge pumps? Only things I like. Okay, yeah, so that was Andrew O'Neill. Oh, tough crowd. You had a tough crowd. Yeah, well, that's... Um, there were some good gags in there, and they didn't get the response they deserved. No, well, that's me being a bit mischievous, actually, because there are, <laughs> the, there are um, clips of that same material um, where it goes down a lot better. Um, right. But what I, what I kind of got the sense of was that they were initially put off by his appearance, but then the laugh started to come just because of the strength of the material. Um, so I was kind of, I don't know, I don't know, not that it's a work in progress, but I like the idea of us being able to kind of witness something that really had to kind of rely on it, on the strength of its gags because the audience did not want to go for him, but he still got the laughs out of them, you know, in the end. So yeah, that's yeah. why no, I kind he, of liked it. Towards the end. But, um, yeah, you're right. It was it was a struggle to win them over, wasn't it? But I thought that was that was just you know the, the idiots in the audience. Yeah, probably. Particularly um, the jockey joke. I mean that that that, that died. Yeah. That was a big joke. Yeah. Well, what's um if you if you check out a bit more of him, there's there's plenty to watch online. What's surprising is I think his main influence, the more you watch, is actually Harry Hill. He's got. He's got tons of stuff where it's just these little asides and these little kind of ab absurd obscurities um, that, that slightly, well, that work better if you're watching. Um, but yeah, so uh, he's, he's definitely of, of the kind of Harry, early, very early Harry Hill, kind of raw Harry Hill, where you didn't know what was going on for a good three quarters of the show. Oh, yeah, as much as I love TV, but when I do, that, those early stand-up shows were incredible yeah yeah but yeah i'm amazed in a, in a way that a, a transvestite comedian in, in a day and age where eddie Izzard is so huge might still have to win over an audience but i guess you know it's one thing watching Izzard on a massive stage in wembley arena but when you're sort of you know just in a little club somewhere you, you still have to do the hard yards i guess that's but, the thing isn't it wembley arena sort of makes everyone feel like it's okay to watch him yeah, uh, is that it's it, it's it's kind of the um, negative side of all massive stadium shows because people are people have already decided they like you, 
and I think yeah. it, it it can render the actual comedian quite lazy. I'm not saying Eddie Izzard's like that, but you can see the temptation of just it's well, like you, it's like yeah, a religious well, gathering, isn't it? You know, well, when you know that everybody who's there has paid at least thirty quid, yeah, for pleasure, you know that they're going to want to have a good time for a start. They want their money's worth, and clearly, yeah, they've made that decision to come see. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, you know, once once uh, uh, was it Andrew O'Neill? Once yeah. Andrew O'Neill's in the stadiums, it'll be oh, it'll be a breeze to compare <laughs> to that. No problem at all. Indeed, indeed. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, all that remains is for us to look forward to our beat poet on the road special. Yeah, yeah. I'm already looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, going to be a, a journey. It is. I'm, Literally and metaphorically. I'm, you know, I, I can promise you at least one play of Cooler Shaker's debut album. Well, I, I basically I demand at least one play. Yeah, I've recently put together a sneaky little suede compilation, taking oh, in the best. Very topical, considering all the the reissues. Yes, well, indeed, right. that's that's how I've kind of got hold of him. Um, and on the pulse, as always, and e- like. even a couple of tracks from the much maligned A New Morning. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go there. I'll go there. Dedicated. Uh, sorry. You're dedicated. What? You're dedicated to Sway. Oh, oh yeah, I certainly am. Especially that the. Wasn't, that wasn't like a B side. I was just. <laughs> no, no, I, I thought you'd done me there. No, no, I was being literal. Particularly dedicated to suede elbow pads and um, the kind of shoulder epaulets that Matt Clifford wears yes. when he's when he's ushering a a, a wronged wag. Out, yeah. out from a, a press conference. Well, what, what most listeners uh, probably won't know is that in, in my other life, I am a librarian. So, you know, the kind of suede elbow pad is, uh, is very familiar to me, obviously. All too, all too familiar. All too familiar. It normally combined with um, a woolen cardigan. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, cord trousers, that's the traditional library sheet. So, you know, I don't want to undermine any, any stereotypes. Oh, no. That's, no. That's the thing. Well, I, I, think, I think it's been uh, it's been a pleasure as ever. Oh, excellent. Well, uh, if you're listening to this, please tweet us at the two wise men. George, Jim, I was very excited to get a tweet from uh, to our address at the two wise men the other day. And I, and I clicked on it and it was simply some pornography. Oh, uh, well... I mean, my uh, my my initial disappointment was slightly sated by the fact it was pornography, but then yes. I just felt dirty. Well, to be honest, I prefer to get that than the kind of criticism you were alluding to earlier on. So, <laughs> could have been worse. Yeah. Okay. Having said that, having said that, we did get a lovely uh, um, tweet uh, regarding us from a band we reviewed a few episodes back called uh, Low Duo. Oh, um, we did. Yeah. We- who said lovely things about us? Who yeah. said you know they're two two lovely blokes in their podcast comparing Low Duo to Elvis, which I'm not sure we quite did. Well, you, you they... did, you did. I just I just went on about logistics, which which, well, which makes you... me feel rather mean now in hindsight. Yeah, I mean I'm not sure I was comparing them to Elvis as much as suggesting. No, I was suggesting that there were elements of. Them that oh, oh. were like Elvis, so I suppose. Well, I can see where they come. It was through. in the production. It was in the production. Yeah, yeah, in the production. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, they, you know, they'd be positive. That was that was a lovely comment. We got yeah. From. So, 
So if you've got any nice comments or any pornography, yep, please tweet us. Any criticism, keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, for God's sake. Please tweet us at the two wise men. Yeah. Okay. Don't keep the pornography to yourself. No, share that. Yeah, share it around. Um, but please mark it with the hashtag pornography. Uh, <laughs> it saves you getting caught out at work. Okay, well, I love you. Let's yeah, yeah, go. I know. Bye. See you later.